It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy in just a moment. Before we get to those gentlemen, of course, we're going to break down all things the game, three days and counting. Before we get to my colleagues, my fellow members of the Ohio State Beat, I'm going to tell you guys about a great deal you can get from Piata. Hey there, Ohio State fans. Are you ready to indulge in some mouth-watering Italian street food while cheering on our beloved Buckeyes? I'm going to play both roles here. Absolutely. And if you're looking for the ultimate game day feast, look no further than Piata Italian street food. It's time to elevate your tailgate experience with Piata's delicious pastas, piattas, and salads. Options include tender pasta cooked to perfection, tossed in rich, power, rich flavorful sauces. Whether you're a fan of classic marinara or creamy carbonara, Piata's got you covered. Fresh made-to-order salads with crisp greens, vibrant veggies, and your choice of protein make for a winning combination. And let's not forget about the Piatas. These thin Italian wraps filled with your choice of grilled meats, fresh veggies, and irresistible sausage sauces are game changers. They're portable, delicious, and perfect for fueling up during halftime. Now that we've made you hungry, we are offering you, the listener, an exclusive online-only discount. This week only, you can receive a free Piata pasta or salad with the purchase of a regular entree. Use code BEATBLUE at checkout online in the Piata One app to receive a buy one, get one for any Piata pasta or salad. This offer is valid from now until November 26th, so it's going to run out this Sunday. Receive any Piasta pasta or salad with the purchase of any regular size entree when using the code BEATBLUE at checkout online or within the Piata One app. Go Buckeyes, go Piata. All right, let's bring in my guys here. Patrick Murphy, Steve Hellwagon, three days and counting for the Ohio State game. Um, let's start with this. To me, I mean, there's so many keys to victory. I mean, if Ohio State's offensive line can, dare I, dare I say, win the battle against Michigan's D-line, I mean, that's going to – I mean, I think Ohio State's going to win the game. I don't want to be – I know it's not that simple. But, Patrick, we'll start with you. Do you think Ohio State's O-line can win the battle against this fantastic Michigan D-line? Well, now that you've made me hungry, all I can think about is Piata and not what's happening on Saturday up in Ann Arbor. Um, no, but I think I think that is one of the key keys. Uh, one of the main keys of this game is how Ohio State's offensive line plays. And specifically for me, and I know we talked about this yesterday, Dave, after we got done at interviews, but that interior of the defense or the uh, offensive line against Michigan's defensive line, defensive tackles. Uh, that is where I think Michigan is the strongest and where they can cause problems for a young guy like Carson Hinsman, who, as you mentioned yesterday, not the biggest of centers at this point, and, you know, only two years into his career, his first year as a starter. 
Uh, Donovan Jackson, I think, has played a lot better, more like the player we expected as the season has progressed. Matthew Jones, I think, has been steady. But you look at, um, you know, if you if you buy into the PFF grades or, or those things, it, it's not like these guys have been fantastic this season. So they're going to have to play their best game because Michigan's the interior of that defensive line is maybe the strength of the defense, certainly in the conversation. And if they're getting pressure on Cal McCord, if they're stopping the run up the middle, it makes Ohio State much more predictable. And it, it would be difficult for Ohio State to, to move the ball the way they want. Steve, what about you? I mean, how confident are you that Ohio State's offensive line can win this battle against Michigan's D-line? Well, I think like a lot of people, I've watched Ohio State over the course of the season, and the improvement has been pretty dramatic. And I think that uh, obviously the the big numbers that they've been able to put up here in recent weeks, even with some red zone issues this past week and settling for some field goals, I mean, they've been pretty solid. Now, obviously, it's a big step up in class for them to go up against Michigan. But at the same time, I don't think Michigan, until the last couple of weeks, has played anybody who's any good at all. And uh, Maryland, uh, to my way of thinking, was able, uh, I use this phrase, to draw some blood on Michigan, the first team all season that really did that. And they just, all Maryland tried to do was be who they were. They didn't do anything special or different or anything. They just gave uh, Tylea Tagovailoa just a little bit of time, and he was able to throw the ball at times and complete some plays. And, uh, you know, I just look at it that uh, there's yards out there for Ohio State if, if they are opportunistic and take care of it. They cannot have penalties and turnovers, and special teams mistakes, and expect to win this game, which – they had those in some of the early season games. Uh, can't afford to have any of that this week. I do feel like Ohio State's D-line is going to get after Michigan's O-line. We'll see. But I, I, I'm confident in Ohio State's D-line against Michigan's O-line. We shall see about Ohio State's O-line against Michigan's D-line. All right, I know they're not going to be playing against each other, obviously. But the Kyle McCord versus J.J. McCarthy battle. Um, I did a hit yesterday on for 24-7 Sports, and they had a Michigan rider on Alejandro. Um, and, you know, he was saying his key to victory for Michigan was he was saying that uh, if J.J. McCarthy's the best quarterback on the field, he thinks Michigan's going to win the game. Um, got me thinking. I mean, what do you guys – do you guys agree with that? Do you think whoever is the best quarterback is going to win this game? It certainly would help uh, for, for <laughs> either guy to kind of take their game to that next level. I think if you look at kind of the trajectory of these two guys this season – J.J. McCarthy was being talked about as a Heisman Trophy candidate all the way up into that Penn State game a few weeks back. That's really fallen off. Now, some of that is because Michigan hasn't asked him to do nearly as much. Some of that, I think, is that, he, that he's been banged up, so he hasn't been able to do as much. And you flip it over to Kyle McCord, and I tweeted this during the, Michigan, or during the Penn State game, um, the Michigan-Penn State game. Their numbers are actually pretty similar. J.J. McCarthy hadn't, hasn't thrown as many passes as Kyle McCord, but in terms of yardage, completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions, it's it's not that different. And everyone in, in Buckeye Nation was – not everyone. Some people in Buckeye Nation were talking about Kyle McCord as, as you know a bum. And I think that has to do more with comparisons to what Ohio State's had at quarterback versus what Michigan's had at quarterback than, than anything else. But – Certainly, this is going to be uh, the, the quarterbacks are going to be a part of this game. I don't think either team is going to be able to hide the quarterback similar to what 
Michigan did against Penn State in that second half and be able to win. I just can't see you running 31 times in a row or whatever it was that Michigan did and and have success um, unless, you know, J.J. McCarthy just has a really great first half and Michigan's up big, but I don't see that happening. So to me, I think the quarterback that plays the best will certainly help his team, as Steve brought up yesterday on, on our show, though. The running game has won this game since 2000, right? The team that has the most rushing yards. So I think it's got to be a balance. And I, and I think Ohio State's done – yeah. Um, I think Ohio State's done a good job of being balanced this year. You know, they've been able to run the ball when they've needed to, and Kyle McCord has made plays in big moments when he's needed to. And I think that experience may be the difference maker between Kyle McCord and J.J. McCarthy. When was the last time J.J. McCarthy has had to make, you know, a handful of big throws late in a big game? I, you know, I, I don't watch every single J.J. McCarthy throw, but – I don't remember it happening. I know Kyle McCord did it against Notre Dame on the road earlier this season. So I do think that experience is helpful when we're talking quarterbacks. Yeah, I think – Go ahead, Steve. I think McCord, uh, you know, for all the the detractors who said he wasn't as prolific, wasn't as accurate as uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Justin Fields, or C.J. Stroud, uh, he's just been steady. And steady is what this team has needed – because they've had a good ground uh, game, good ground support with Travion Henderson and uh, Chip Trayonum at times. And so uh, McCord is on the verge. He is 101 yards away from the 3,000-yard plateau. He would be just the seventh player in Ohio State history to do it, and it would be the eighth time it's happened. C.J. Stroud did it twice. So, uh, you know, that's pretty good company that he's about to put himself into here on what was such a terrible season for him. If you listen to all the detractors and everything, he hasn't turned it over a whole lot. And uh, he has, uh, you know, just been solid and steady and, and, and that sometimes solid and steady wins the race. I mean, Peyton Manning didn't win the national championship at Tennessee. Some guy named T. Martin did. You know, is this a case where Fields and Stroud don't get you to the finish line, but maybe somebody named Kyle McCord does because he's got such a good group of people around him. So, uh, you know, to me, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, if ever there was a stage or a time uh, for him to to come out and uh, have one of those eight for 150 and two or three touchdown type games, this would be it. And if he strikes a pose in the fourth quarter and, you know, how cool would that be? So uh, I don't know, dare, dare to dream, I suppose. But, um, you know, I did a segment uh, not to take this in a new direction, but did a segment with uh, Spectrum that's going to air this weekend. And Mary Lee Melendez, the host there, asked me, he's like, seems like there's a lot of bad blood between these teams when you can't get the coaches uh, to acknowledge one another in pregame comments in any way, shape, or form. And uh, I said to her, well, what we had here, Mary Lee, was one side tried to actively cheat with a scheme that was so involved they were going to scout eight of Ohio State's games in person to, to video the sidelines so that they could get an idea of the signals and, and what's coming from Ohio State before every game. Um, when Ohio State finds out that that's the lengths that Michigan, after having their nose rubbed in it for 19 years and losing 17 dimes in 19 years, 
had their nose rubbed in it, that they resorted to this kind of a scheme, an elaborate scheme to try and cheat you out of victory. Not only cheat you, but cheat the entire Big Ten and everybody else that they've played out of victory. Yes, it is personal. You know, with Woody and Bo, you know, people, oh, they hated each other or whatever. No, Bo actually worked for Woody at Ohio State. And he went to Miami of Ohio, which Woody told him, don't go to Miami of Ohio. You don't want to go there. And then from Miami of Ohio, he went to Michigan. And when they would have charity events, one would show up to support the other. And, you know, they would meet on the 50-yard line an hour before the game, ask how each other's wives were doing, shake hands, and go about their business. You know, they had they had respect. It was a uh, uh, rivalry built on respect. And, and Bo was 5-4-1 and one against Woody. Okay. These guys, Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh, have no working relationship. They have no relationship, period. So uh, let me just tell you, if Ohio State gets a chance to bury Michigan, they're going to do it. If Michigan gets a chance to bury Ohio State, they're go- as they have pretty much the last two years, they're going to do it. So uh, to me, uh, man, Saturday can't get here soon enough. That, that's what I'm thinking and feeling right now. Hey, real yeah, quick, Dave. About it. Go ahead. Dave, real quick, just to add to what Steve's saying there, I think if you can go back in any coaches in this series, and there's definitely been animosity before. I don't think it's ever been like this. And this isn't even just the sign-stealing stuff. I mean, remember the I'm going to hang 100 on you quote that was was – said apparently on the uh, teleconference with Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh. Um, I went back this week and looked for every picture I could find of the two of them, you know, handshakes and stuff after the game, before the game. They don't exist. I mean, they do walk by each other, but they're never looking each other in the eye. I found a video after I forget which game it was a couple years ago. Uh, they, they just don't really ignite. It's a quick handshake and gone. Uh, even before the game, a lot of times you can find Ryan Day talking with James Franklin. You can find Ryan Day talking with other coaches. Doesn't happen very often with Jim Harbaugh. There, there's a true dislike. And look, I think you you got it with the players as too as well. Denzel Burke yesterday asked about this this topic, and he took a minute to res- you know probably 30 seconds of sitting there in silence before he gave what was a politically correct answer to not you know put out more bulletin board material. This, this is real. This is real. You, you know, you say you hate Michigan, you hate Ohio State. I think there's real animosity between these two teams. Yeah, it's always intense, and I don't think we've, we'll ever see anything like this. I, I cannot wait for this game, and it's just – it's going to be crazy. It's going to be absolutely crazy. And everything with – you know, in addition to everything Michigan did as far as cheating and everything, then they try to pin it on Ryan Day. Like, that. it's just – it's. I mean, Harbaugh, I don't think it's ever happened in sports where a coach was suspended – twice in the same season for different violations. And, you know, they lose their linebacker. Their linebacker coach gets fired off, of, you know, what's a really good defense, and it's barely it's barely a blip on the radar because it's one thing after another up there. It's one thing after another. They're going to get hammered by the NCAA. I have no doubt about that, but um, we'll see what happens. There'll be no uh, Ryan Day, uh, Jim Harbaugh handshake of any sort this Saturday. No. I don't think – I wonder if the – I don't think Ryan and Sharon are going to get together before the game and hang out either, so – um, man, I, I, let's talk about some injuries. Um, Mike Hall, that's great news. Um, if that's, if that's true, that Mike Hall is going to be ready for this game. It sounds like guys, everybody, but Emeka 
or not a Mecca, everybody but um, uh, Lathan. I wrote down a Mecca for some reason. Everybody but Lathan on defense sounds like they're going to be ready to go. Um, we'll see about Devin Brown on offense, but focusing on defense, having Mike Hall is going to be huge for this game, Steve Hellwagon. Yeah, I agree, because you've got to uh, control the point of attack, and I think he helps you do that. Tyreek Williams has played uh, so well this season. Ty Hamilton has done a great job, I think, at times as well. And then, uh, you know, uh, Sawyer, to come off a game this past week where he had three and a half tackles for loss, he is really starting to play some of his best football as well. We know how good JT Tuimaloao can be as well at times with some of the just the huge – huge plays that he game changing plays that he can make. And so uh, to me uh, that front four needs to play their best football this week. And that goes without saying Um, I, you know, there's going to be a note in the boarding house today from Cody Simon and uh, just talking about how it's going to be a fight and they have to get their body, their mind and their soul, you know, ready to go for this. And uh, you, know, you just, you know, the two numbers, the, the access code to the Woody this week should be 297 and 252 because that's been the rushing totals for uh, Michigan the last two years. 297 in uh, 2021 and 252 last year, including those two long runs by Donovan Edwards in the fourth quarter to kind of, uh, you know, to bury Ohio State you know, a 22 point loss at Ohio stadium. I mean, that's just absurd. So, uh, you know, it's time to, for Ohio state to take it back and uh, they've got the team to do it. They've got the team that can do it and uh, they have to go out on Saturday and do it. That's just where it's at. Every year, the injury situation is interesting leading into the game because there's so much information, disinformation, trying to, you know, is this guy healthy? How healthy is this guy? He's going to play, but you know, what percentage roughly is he? Looks like JJ McCarthy's banged up, Pat. Of course, he's going to play, um, but it looked like he was in pain a couple times against Maryland. I'm guessing it's an ankle injury. Again, JJ's going to play, but if that limits his ability to run, that's huge. Um, we've had people ask about Devin Brown. I talk about Mike Hall. It's great that Emeka's looking great. Um, you know, he looked like Emeka. I was worried Emeka was going to play, but be like, 60%. He looks good. But get into all the injury stuff. JJ, and Michigan's O-line's a little banged up. Mike Hall, Devin Brown. Do you expect Devin Brown's going to be ready? This is one of those games where if you can physically be on the field and not hurt your team, you're on the field. Um, and not just because it's Ohio State-Michigan. I think that's true every year. But what we were just talking about with, with kind of everything that's on the line both in terms of the Big Ten Championship and the college football playoff and and kind of the normal stuff and then everything else that sits out there this week. Um, So, yeah, I think, look, J.J. McCarthy is going to do everything he can to to be ready for this game. I have no doubt about that. The Devin Brown thing I think is interesting because we haven't seen him out in the field since he got hurt. And I've watched him in warm-ups the last few weeks, and he slowly looks more and more – normal I think for lack of a better term the the tape on his ankle has decreased as it did for Emeka over the last few weeks so I wonder if he probably could have come in in the red zone these last couple weeks but they were like let's wait on it let's make Michigan think a little bit wonder if he's capable of getting on the field Um, I certainly think that they when they've installed this Devin Brown package there were probably a player or two that like 
yeah, we're holding that one for Michigan uh, if we need it there, as opposed to showing everything that they're going to do out of that package. And they did throw out of it once and it, it did not go well, but you know, maybe the jump pass or, or something even more creative. Um, I think it's huge. Like you said, Dave, that a back. He did have that burst. Uh, a couple of those pop passes last week when he was able to turn the corner and get going. I don't think he was able to do that on that ankle um, uh, over the last couple of weeks. So I think his health will be big. Cade Stover's looked good the last couple of weeks. And maybe the biggest thing, if we're talking Ohio State's offense, Travion Henderson obviously did not play in the game last year. As a freshman, was pretty banged up. You know, we if you remember, he was kind of in and out of games that year. Uh, some of it was because they were up big in, in games and he didn't have to play in the second half. But he was not healthy against Michigan. And you know, no one's 100% healthy right now. But I do think we talked about this after the game last week. A healthy-ish Travion Henderson, and, and he's looked the part, no doubt about it, could be really big for this Buckeye offense. Stick with us. We're going to talk more about the game in just a moment, but this is the portion of the show where Patrick and Steve are going to laugh at me. Um, I want to tell you guys about our other sponsor on today's show, Manscaped, and a great deal you guys can get. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's a ball trimmer sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We are talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. High tech for low places, Manscaped. Again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. Get yours today from our friends at Manscaped. There you go. All right. That's why Patrick had to miss the show last Wednesday. Um, he was just just all over the Manscaped. All over the Manscaped. He loves the I, Manscaped stuff. I have Manscaped. I have it upstairs. There you go. There it is. Oh, don't do it on the show, though. I will not do it on the show. Okay, I can good. shave my face on the show, though, but it's yeah, not really. Yeah. Even though, yeah. yeah. It's not even. Yeah, okay. All right. Back to uh, – Ohio State, Michigan. Okay, I, I brought this up a few times. I even asked Coach Day about it. It's huge to keep your composure in a game like this. We remember, I mean, we know it's even happened the last couple of years. You know, um, there's been some incidents where, you know, guys just have bad 15-yard penalties. The one that, I mean, I go back 10 years, though, as we all know. That's the, the best example is 2013. Dontre Wilson catches the punt. You know, they tackle him, and they, it's like the whole Michigan team, like, attacked him. It, it was like they were trying to make sure that they, you know, Brady Hoke probably told his guys, Listen, we're outmanned. You know, that Michigan was not good that year. They gave Ohio State a good game that day, 42-41, to 41, came down to that two-point conversion. You've got to keep your composure in a game like this, and that's easier said than done. Guys are going to be chirping at each other. Um, you can't be that second guy that gets caught, you know? I can't remember who, who – oh, Steve, we'll go to you. I mean, you've seen this time and time. You can't be that second <laughs> guy just because someone's chirping at you. You can't do something stupid like headbutt somebody. Yeah, we saw that last year, obviously. I think that uh... – you got to keep your composure and, uh, again, uh, you know, keep it between the lines and uh, don't, don't – as uh, Coach said, play with emotion, but don't let emotion play with you. And uh, I think that uh, you got to keep the, the overall big picture in mind that you're trying to win the game. That's, that's, the, that's the thing, first of all. It's not really a street fight, but you have to approach it with a street fight mentality. Uh, theoretically – 
after the Michigan State game last year, they've cleaned up all the stuff in the tunnel and will have the proper amount of security in time, the uh, entrances and the exits of the teams to where they're not in that tunnel together at the same time and uh, where there'll be a lot of barking and woofing and shoving and then it spills out over onto the field. So uh, you don't want any of that. You want uh, everybody to save their best uh, their best stuff for between the lines and uh, you know, between the whistles. So uh, to me, I think Ohio State's going to be fine in that regard. We haven't seen a team – that's played chippy all season. They've stayed above the fray for the most part. The uh, the only 15-yard penalties I want to see, Dave, are for posing in the end zone. That's all I want to see. <laughs> exactly. I'm a- they, can have, they can have all them they want if they're up uh, by a comfortable enough margin. If they get a pick six on J.J. in the second half and they're up by <laughs> – imagine they do one of those things like where the NFL teams do where that the entire team goes down. They kind of did it last week too. Like do some choreographed thing where you do some dance for like a minute. Yeah, you're doing hey, they brain. announced Sawyer yeah. for a penalty, and that poor guy, all he did was jog in at the end. He <laughs> that was so he funny. Wasn't, you get he a penalty. wasn't posing. You get a penalty. You get a penalty. I've he never, seen, I've never seen that just, football before. He that was jogged hilarious. in at the end, and here's uh, the fr- they even let the freshman Matthews is on the end there striking a pose. It's like, bro, I mean, what are we doing? You know they've yeah. been practicing that all week. It's always hilarious when the NFL teams do it. And, like, you think, like, how – those guys must have been practicing that for, like, like hours because they're, like, I all, think like, Taiwan, they're they're like, dancers or something. Was Taiwan Malone in on that? Like, standing in the middle like this, bro, you played four plays. What are you doing? What a ridiculous penalty, by the way. Like, let, it's they not like – They weren't taunting yeah. Minnesota. They were saluting their students. I mean, They didn't just, taunt – they didn't throw up gang signs. There was nothing obscene about what they did. That was that was crap. I mean, just like what they should be allowed. It was a big play at the beginning of the second half. Jordan Hancock's uh, a guy who's in his first year starting. Everyone's been really happy with it. I mean, I know the officials don't know the backstory here, but come on, like who cares? It didn't it didn't affect the game at all. It didn't delay the restart that was ridiculous. Hey, if they get a couple of those this week and they're up twenty points, I'm I am all good with that. I haven't. I, that's awesome, Steve. I haven't even thought about that. Um, right, I'm going to prepare. I don't need a, a, a final score unless you guys want to give one. I'm going to let you guys think about this for a minute. So I want to talk about Denzel Burke, but we're going to close the show predicting who's going to win the game. So I want to give you guys a heads up about that. Um, and I agree. We talked about it a little bit, but a lot of people have said this. I mean, the team that's going to run the ball best. Um, is probably going to win the game. That's been the case the last 21 years, probably going to be the case in three days. And a lot of these keys to victory go hand in hand. If Ohio State's offensive line wins the battle against Michigan's defensive line, Ohio State's going to run the ball well. If Ohio State's defensive line wins the battle against Michigan's O-line, Michigan's not going to run the ball well. It's pretty pretty damn simple, um, on paper at least. All right, Denzel Burke, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. If you guys haven't seen it, we have a story on Bucknuts. Go to our, just go to our YouTube page. We have the entire seven-minute conversation. Denzel Burke fired up, and I love what he said. Now, maybe he, you know, maybe he shouldn't have said when he said what. What stands out about Michigan when you watch on film? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, it was good though. This guy is locked in. He's like, we're going to, we're embracing the role of the villain. We know we're going up there as the villain. Um, I loved it, Patrick Murphy. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, I just posted it under the Ohio State Buckeyes on 247 Sports in the chat here live. So if you haven't seen the story, it's on there. Uh, Yeah, look, it was uh, very measured by everybody. 
involved in the uh, the interviews yesterday, Ryan Day and Jim Knowles. Both I felt were loose and, and, and in good spirits, but neither wanted to say anything to, you know, put anything out there. Uh, Kyle McCord was Kyle McCord's normal self. Mecca Buko was very quiet when he first sat down, very serious, uh, didn't want to talk about even Michigan. You know, he's asked about one of Michigan's players. He was like, I don't want to talk about Michigan's players. Didn't say the word Michigan. Marvin Harris, you know, all these guys were very, very tame. And then last guy, Denzel Burke comes in. And even at one point he said, I'm just trying to contain my emotions. Like <laughs> right. this is a kid, as you said yesterday, Dave, this is a kid from Arizona. His only connections to Ohio State are that he chose to play football here. And a lot of times we see with players that come from, especially further away, that didn't have any knowledge of, of the program really, other than occasionally seeing him on TV growing up, that you know this game it doesn't really ever, not that it doesn't click, it certainly clicks. But with Denzel Burke, it sounded like somebody who'd grown up in central Ohio watching that game his entire life with the kind of emotion you could see with him sitting in him and I think it's really affected him these last two years this is a kid who wants to win every game but he clearly has a focus on I can't leave and and other guys made these comments but his was just so much more pointed I can't leave without beating Michigan and uh, look I don't think Denzel Burke's coming back next year because he's played really really well at corner for the Buckeyes this season he's probably going to be a high pick so this is the opportunity he realizes that and you know he said it. We're going to get it done for the state of Ohio. I wouldn't say that's a Jim Harbaugh guarantee, but I do think that it is uh, you know, a pointed message of, of what they're trying to do on Saturday. And again, like we talked about earlier, there's more behind this game than just the rivalry, right? Denzel Burke, I think, is well aware of everything that's going on. Yeah, and he, I mean, and he said, I mean, he's another guy that was banged up the last couple of years in the game. He said, it's not yeah. an excuse, but he's like, I, I'm healthy now. And he's like, that's another good thing for us. I like how he said it like that. He's like, that's another good thing for us. Yes, I agree, Denzel. That is good for you guys. Um, all right, let's get to it, boys. Steve, who's going to win this game? You know, I am thinking more and more Ohio State. And the only reason I say that is uh, Michigan – you know, for the first 20 minutes of the Maryland game, they're up 23-3. If that's the part that Ryan Day saw at the Blackwell Hotel before they headed to the skull session, he's got to be wondering about what they're getting into. And then when they're on the field warming up, somebody probably came up to him and said, oh, yeah, they held on. They won 31-24. to He's like, what? You know, how did that happen? Well, they didn't play very well the last 40 minutes. And Maryland did a lot of things to exploit uh, what Michigan doesn't do well. And uh, so I think there's a lot out there that Ohio State could take advantage of. And this is not an invincible Michigan team by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Maryland was making plays, you know, left and right against them. And so if Maryland had not made so many mistakes on their own, it was, you know, alleged that uh, they lose the game by seven. And Tagovailoa may have cost them anywhere from 11 to 17 points himself. Uh, with just the mistakes that he made. I mean, he fought, he gave up a fumble for a touchdown, staring right at the guy who punched the ball out. So I don't know, you know, on the five-yard line. So, you know, you can't make that mistake. And I don't think, you know, McCord, if given the – put in that same spot, would, would tuck it and hold it and protect it. So uh, I'm saying 2017 Ohio State. you got two defenses that are giving up about nine points a game. 
So teams may be able to move the ball between the 20s, but in the red zone, everything's going to be real difficult. And, uh, you know, who can punch it in? Ohio State's got Kate Stover down there that they could throw it to. Uh, Marvin Harrison has done really well at times in the red zone. A couple of those touchdowns a few weeks back and uh, won this past week against uh, Minnesota as well. So I'm saying 20 to 17, whether it comes down to a field goal at the end by Jaden Fielding or not, I don't know. But uh, I think uh, I think this is Ohio State's time. And uh, I think uh, they've actually they may have the better team. So we'll see how it goes. I've got a similar vibe, Steve. I got I'd feel better about it if the game was at the horseshoe and not the big house. But um, still, I, I got, I'm picking the Buckeyes in a close game, relatively low scoring, probably just under the over under. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm right around that same thing. Um, Pat, who's going to win this game? Yeah, I've been pretty back and forth throughout the season. Like obviously, like most people, I was waiting to see Michigan play somebody. Well, I think. Penn State showed that Michigan is beatable. I also liked that Michigan, from a Michigan perspective, it out. Able to, they got it out. Yep. Yeah, and just you know, hey, we're gonna run the ball, and you're not gonna stop us. And I think good teams can can do, you know, whether it's running the ball, throwing the ball, we're gonna play great, whatever it is that you're best at. And I think Michigan showed it in that game. Uh, you're right, Steve. About last week, uh, I missed probably some of that Maryland comeback. I had to rewatch the highlights while we were down on the field, but. Even when Michigan was was up big, it wasn't like they were doing anything. You know, Maryland turned the ball over. Maryland had the same. It was more, almost more self-inflicted. Now give Michigan some yes. credit. I do think there is something to that week before the game. We saw it last year. High State struggles at Maryland. Michigan struggles against Illinois. Um, so I don't put a ton into that, though I do like that Ohio State came out and handled business. I am certainly leaning more Buckeyes than I probably was a week or so ago, but I'm, I'm still very back and forth on it. The, you said it, Dave. That game being in Ann Arbor certainly will play a factor. And then, you know, I just don't know how to how do you take into account kind of the Michigan belief that Ohio State is at the root of all their problems, right? That, you know, do they believe what's been reported? And does that give them kind of the level motivation with what Ohio State has? Um, so I'm still very torn. I, I'm guess I'm leaning more Buckeyes now um, as we get closer to the game, but I, I'm, I'm up in the air. We'll find out Friday. They made their own problems. One's real and one's made up. Oh yeah. What's what's real is they have problems. What's made up is that Ohio State has anything to do with their problems. You know what so I love? One, one's real and one is made up. I, uh, speaking of, this is not made up. I'm sure you guys have seen this. There's been now multiple posts on different Michigan message boards because they've been lied to by their writers. Um, not every Michigan writer, but several um, have been lying to their customers. And there's now been posts on Michigan message boards that say things like, if you want to hear the truth, go to Bucknuts. I'm not joking. Like they're like saying they've been right. Mike Valenti's been right. Our guys have been wrong. Now, those posts don't stay up long. They get downvoted like crazy, and then they probably get deleted. But um, it's been screenshotted to me many times now in the last few days that these uh, posts from Michigan message board saying, if you want to hear the truth, got to go to Bucknuts. I think that's hilarious. All right. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Enjoy it tomorrow. Enjoy the football, the food, the family. I love Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays. If Perhaps my favorite holiday. I don't know. Uh, but great stuff from Steve. Great stuff from Patrick. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Oh, Happy Pat. Thanksgiving. I will see you guys Friday with Jay Book. Thanks, guys. Right. Appreciate it.
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.